The cost of a medical education in the United States has risen substantially over the past two decades. In 2007, the average tuition at public and private med schools was $20,000 and $48,000, respectively. In 2004, the Cleveland Clinic Foundation and Case Western University established a new medical school and surprised the incoming class of 2008 on their first day of class with the announcement that their med school tuition would be free. I'm Dr. Larry Kaskill host of the Clinician's Roundtable. My guest today is Dr. Kathleen Franco, Associate Dean of Admissions and Student Affairs at the Cleveland Clinic Learner College of Medicine of Case Western, and we'll be talking about the tuition-free med school program that was established at the Cleveland Clinic. Dr. Franco, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Well, before we discuss the details of the program, I'd like to ask the million-dollar question, or really the quarter-million-dollar question. How can the Cleveland Clinic afford to offer free medical education? Well, I think it was a goal that we had had for a long time, and Dr. Cosgrove, our CEO, has been dedicated to finding the money and finding the benefactors to help the students. He has placed various individuals in roles to develop a fund of money that we could use for this purpose, and we have a fair amount in that fund, not totally covered by the foundation, but in part from the general fund because it is so important to the future of medicine to have the most highly trained physicians in the best quality education that we can give them. So is that really the goal for it, attracting the best and the brightest, and this way you're assured of getting them? Well, I think it's more to prevent them from losing sight of their goal. Our program is designed to train physician investigators. American medicine can fall back very, very quickly when we don't have enough people who are really looking at new ways to bring medicine forward. Other nations can surpass us, and we can be giving much lower quality care. So one of the concerns has been, why don't physicians go into areas of investigation during the time they're also taking care of clinical patients? And part of that is due to the finances. If you graduate with a huge debt and you need to pay off your loans, you are not going to go into a lower-paying job where you are putting part of your time into investigation. You're going to go into a practice where you can bring in a lot of money and pay off those debts. So as a result, they steer clear of roles where they could have a combined clinical and investigative position. Our hope is that if we can help them with that so that they don't graduate with as large a debt as they would if they didn't go to school here, that we can encourage them to follow those original dreams to do physician investigation. When you say physician investigation, is that a way of saying that they're getting an MD, PhD at the same time? No. Our students will get an MD with special qualifications in research. They have the option also of fulfilling requirements for a master's in different areas. For example, it could be a master's in clinical research skills. And many of them are doing that, but not all of them. So they will just have the MD with special qualifications in research. They all do multiple projects and have to write a thesis before they graduate. So what was the response of the students when you all announced this? Were they shocked? Did they not believe it? Did they think it was a joke? They were shocked. They desperately wanted to believe it. (laughs) They were very, very pleased. 
and thrilled. Many of them had come in with the information that Dr. Cosgrove was working on this, but we all thought it might be, you know, 10 years out and, you know, they probably wouldn't have a chance to benefit from it. And I think that they were thrilled that it actually came through during their time here. Dr. Franco, is there any rivalry between the other students that did not get free tuition, or or is it kind of retroactive? Well, actually, it is partially retroactive, not completely, but there has been formula drawn up that would partially reimburse the students for the loans that they took out to pay their tuition. So everyone is winning with this, and everyone is happy, because if it didn't happen now, there wouldn't be any of this wonderful surprise for all the classes. And do you expect this to continue as long as you are able to fund it? Absolutely. I think Dr. Cosgrove is committed to it. I think he sees it as part of our mission for the Cleveland Clinic. And we have for years and years believed that to give the best patient care, you have to also provide the best education and the best research, that you have to combine those together to keep the patient first and to keep the progress that we want to have here. So I I do believe that he will find a way to make it continue. And moving ahead, did you see a surge in applications for the next class? We have how big of a surge that will be, we won't really know until December, but we have seen quite a big jump in our numbers, which is exciting for us because that means that students are hearing about this and want to see what we're all about. There are, however, quite a few schools yet that don't realize that we're out here, so we continue almost on a daily basis to find people who've never known about the school and now are learning of us. Dr. Franco, are there different requirements or characteristics that you're looking for when reviewing applications for admission to your school now that you are basically giving free tuition? Well, our requirements are staying the same as they were before we gave free tuition, but I can tell you what those are. All of the students who come to us will have completed some research as either an undergraduate or a graduate student or have worked in a research lab after they finished their bachelor's degree. So we want to find folks that we know already have a mindset for how to combine research with clinical medicine. The students also have qualities that we would hope every physician in every school would have. We want to see students have volunteered and sacrificed their time for other people when they could have been playing video games or something else, but they went out and they helped in a shelter or a church or Habitat for Humanity or whatever that might be. We look for students who have some experience shadowing in a hospital that we know they can perceive what a physician does and the rigors of that type of a lifestyle. So we would have expected them to go to a clinic, go to a hospital, a variety of ways that they can shadow. I was just wondering if you accept anyone from outside the United States. We do if they have done at least one of their degrees in the U.S. There are very few of them, but they would have to have either completed an undergraduate or a graduate degree in the United States. Well, obviously, you've started a trend, which is a a great trend. And I'm wondering if you're aware, has anyone else basically followed up on this and mimicking what you're doing? Well, there is one medical school in Florida who is now offering free tuition. And several other schools are now offering discounts. Do you think that it's going to fix some of the doctor shortage problems? I'm hoping so. The Association of American Medical Colleges 
is hoping that the increased numbers that some medical schools are being able to take, as well as schools like ours who are either giving free tuition or others who are giving discounts, that perhaps that will make it possible for us to meet a little more of the demand at least. And Dr. Franco, is there any sort of requirement for these students when they finish med school that they have to somehow give back a little something through perhaps community service or some sort of public service commitment? I think the students in their heart know that they will be giving back in some way. Almost all of our students right now are giving back to the community. We have multiple initiatives going on. One is called the Community Health Initiative where every Friday afternoon they go to one of the inner-city neighborhood clinics and help patients there learn about preventive medicine and what they can do to better care for themselves. They do blood pressure checks and blood sugar checks. They do sexual counseling. They do a whole variety of things. The community has been so responsive and so happy about that that they've given the students more space, and we're now incorporating physical exams into that particular area. Then the students, many of them go to the Cleveland Free Clinic. Uh, We have another group who teach in the inner city elementary schools in the fourth and fifth grade about science, particularly neurosciences and mental health. We have other students who have given time to shelters, every screening possible of all kinds of groups, the minority men's screenings and that clinic that goes along with the minority men's care. We have a Hispanic clinic. We have a screening for Hispanics. So they do a lot of things on their weekends and any time that they have off. I'm a little jealous because it would have been nice when I was in med school to not have that added stress of knowing that I'm going to be in debt. So what are these students, do they have any problems left anymore because they have no stressors left in their life? So have you seen a difference in the students? As you know, we are a very different kind of school. We don't have traditional lectures. We teach in a problem-based learning format, which means that they are responsible for each other's learning. They are learners and teachers in the same moment, and they actually have a very different kind of course load rather than sort of cramming for a test and then having, you know, a weekend off or just kind of kick back. These students are responsible for pieces of homework every single weekend. They have a very steady pace, but it's a fairly intense pace. So they do have stress. They have the USMLE exams, and they are required to take those and pass those before they graduate. Some schools don't require that. We do. They have to write a huge thesis and defend it in front of their committee. Now, that type of education, is that a newer phenomenon, or is that something that's common in many med schools these days? I think they called it alternative curriculum when I was in med school 20 years ago. Yes, that's right. There are some schools that are using it, although not all. We have a competency-based program versus a grades program so that rather than getting A's, B's, and C's, we determine if you have met the competencies that will be required to get you to the next level. So it's it's quite different from most schools. Many schools have the problem-based learning small group format, but it's a small part of their curriculum. For us, it's really the backbone of the curriculum. And we have anatomy longer than most schools, and we really throughout the five years The seminars are all based on, again, students coming in, having prepared the readings, and then get problem sets about real patients and real lives. So they are always applying the basic sciences to a real live 
person, although they may not ever meet that person, sometimes they get that opportunity. But it's always, this is why this biochemistry is important because this person's life hinged upon that. So you don't forget the basic sciences well as much when you have the real live reason. Well, on that note, Dr. Kathleen Franco, thank you very much for coming on the Clinician's Roundtable. Well, thank you so much for asking me. It's been a pleasure to talk to you about this. Dr. Kathleen Franco is an Associate Dean of Admissions and Student Affairs at the Cleveland Clinic Learner College of Medicine of Case Western, and we were discussing the free tuition that the med school provides there. I'm Dr. Larry Caskell, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, a channel for medical professionals. Please visit our website at ReachMD.com, which features our entire library through on-demand podcasts, and thanks for listening. You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. This week, ReachMD is moving to XM Channel 160. Please make a note and tell your associates and friends. ReachMD, the nation's channel for medical professionals, will now be on XM 160. And thank you for listening.